Toontown Public Works is not for kids, even though Sir Casey and I are childish cartoons. We try our best to keep the show PG-13, but regardless, we do talk about a lot of adult content. Stuff like weird sex things, and, um, and butts! We also have a Patreon now, where we post things like bonus episodes and periodic newsletters about things that are interesting us at the moment. So, yeah, check that out uh, if you're so inclined. Enjoy the show! Toontown Historical Society presents Toontown Public Works, a program where three highly unqualified doofuses make a mockery of themselves in the name of preserving this great city's forgotten classics. Hello, and welcome to Toontown Public Works, where we show for the ink to find hidden gems. I'm H.T. the Raccoon. I'm Hedicky Boy and Allergy Man, Casey the Dog. Oh no! I'm Cirque the Cat, are you okay? I went outside. Oh, don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a mistake. Yeah, there's lots um, of pollen out there. I found some pollen. Encase yourself in a concrete you just, womb. <laughs> you just <laughs> you just grabbed a bunch of flowers, just took out the pollen, just made, made a line of pollen to just snort. Snorted the pollen. Got some up in my eye holes. Oh, That's God. what the bees do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. I know, because they done mo- didn't get it in your eyes. I know this, because <laughs> B-Movie told me so. Yeah. That was the most fucked up part of the movie, where, like, J- J- Jerry Seinfeld B just, like, pressures the human woman into taking drugs. Yeah, it's like, her. do you, do you love, kinda- if you love me, you'll prove it right now by snorting this pollen, he said. <laughs> <laughs> and she does, and that's, like, considered a good thing in the movie. It's weird. It's super weird. Yeah. I- uh, but yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you for listening. Uh, uh, this is a cart. Uh, this is a podcast where we talk about cartoons that have fallen into the public domain or are otherwise easily accessible. Uh, we also uh, talk about prompts, like we ask you questions about things, and uh, also, also, we talk about cartoon news. Uh, so let's start with well, let's start with Cirque. Cause Cirque actually might be a bit more prepared than the rest of us. So let's go. I got two things. I got two things. You want good news or bad news? Uh, Start with bad news. Always start with bad news. Guess what? Guess what? Another, another Disney movie is getting sacrificed upon the altar of live action. Potentially. Oh, good. I'm so happy. Who is it? This. (coughs) So, Get ready to watch uh, Hot Topic kids all over the world kill each other for roles in this movie. Disney is considering, according to CBR.com, a live-action Nightmare Before Christmas. All right, so I want I want them to I want them to cast whose whose skeleton, which dead actor, play <laughs> Jack Skellington. Well, they, they brought out Pierre Cushing's body for Rogue One, so they'll get his skeleton next. Uh, HT is gone. I I I just gotta say right now, like reading this news and thinking about it, um, uh, you remember the scene from The Simpsons where like Homer's kicking that like Hamburglar uh stand in to death, and like some kid is going stop, stop, he's already dead. That's uh 
that's Disney with stop motion animation right now. You mean live action, like the live action or whatever it is. Oh, oh, you mean? Oh, okay. No, I get what you're saying. I get what you're yeah. Saying. Okay. Um. Okay. 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 It just seems okay. more. It just seems two more thoughts. redundant than the rest of them. Like even more redundant than the rest of them to me. Well, yes. Two thoughts. Two thoughts. Two thoughts. Two thoughts. Okay. One. All I can think of is you know how at Disney parks whenever they have a uh, Jack Skellington and a Sally as like walk around characters, and how basically what they do is they get a the top half of a Jack Skellington mask. And then sort of like make it so it goes down to past the guy's nose and then use like paints to make it so like everything else looks like bone stuff. So it's like a weird kind of like mashup of like Jack Skellington and then like a human face. And it's kind of unsettling a little bit. You're picturing that. I'm picturing that. I'm 110% picturing that. Um, and two, I, I had a dream. I had a dream where... This Aladdin movie, because here's here's honest truth. I wasn't really super against the live action Disney remakes if they have a point. Uh, I feel like the Jungle Book remake had a point. It told a different story in a different way with a different tone and it worked. It really honestly worked. Then, like, there's Beauty and the Beast, which... I used I I came out of the theater liking it. As time has gone on, the more I realize I really hate that movie. Dan Stevens uh, is on my bay. Like it's it's not even like the gay stuff because like I I still don't think that the Lafu stuff is that that bad. Really, I think it's I think it's pretty much there in the text and not just the subtext. And like, sure, they should have done a little bit more, but I don't know. It didn't bother me that much. I just think that the changes they made to the plot to try to make it better were dumb and not good. <laughs> and uh, then, like... And then there's the Aladdin film, which I haven't seen. I wanted to see it. I actually, for a long time, was seriously for this remake because they were going to get a, a cast that was all people of color, you know? Like, that's... that. It, I like Aladdin a lot as an anime film, a lot. There's a lot of white people playing bra- people who are people of color in that movie. A lot. Uh, and that's not great. And them doing that and maybe doing something a little bit different, then okay. But the more and more I learned about it, the more it just seemed like they were doing the exact same damn thing and making changes. Some for the better. Some for... I'm not going to get into it because it's technically a spoiler, but I write about it and I'm super angry about it and I'm still angry about it. It basically killed my entire momentum when it comes to Disney live action hey, uh, things. I basically HG. want them to die. When I learned about this, I wanted, I had a dream that this Aladdin film was going to be one of those things that crashes and burns. Like it's, it's like, it's like the Transformers movies where they did good for a while. They made like, even though every single one of those movies was terrible, eventually Eventually, people got tired of it to the point where they just stopped seeing them. And that is what we, that's, that, that killed them. It's unfortunate because it also killed Bumblebee, which apparently was actually good. Uh, but yeah, like the, the, the whole, I was hoping that Aladdin would be like, oh, this didn't do super well. And then Disney cancels all the rumored and 
whatever upcoming ones. Because, like, Dumbo sucked. Like, Dumbo sucked. Like, <laughs> uh, and, like, I'm just, I'm just, like, I, I can't justify a reason for a new version of Nightmare Before Christmas. I can't. I can't. Like, there's no reason. The movie is fine. It's a little weird. And, like, it's, a, it's like, it, I don't know. It's, it's, a, I freaking love the movie, though. And. Ain't nothing wrong with weird. There's, there's nothing, nothing wrong. <laughs> like, okay, there, you can come up with decent complaints about the characters and all that kind of stuff. But it's a fine movie. It's okay. You don't need to redo this. Like, I wish they would do this for films that were, like, not super great, you know? Like, they kind of did that with Cinderella, which made sense, because Cinderella's not a great story, and I heard they did it. They, they did it with Depending Peach on, Dragon, and that sucked a lot. I I kind of liked, I kind of liked Peach Dragon. I forgot about it Peach like Dragon. A, I, I liked Peach Dragon just because it felt like a type of film that hadn't existed in like a couple decades and that it's just like, it felt like a Disney channel original movie with a high budget. And it was kind of hilarious because of that. Uh, and I kind of liked it cause it was like kind of charming in a very folksy kind of way for me, but I, I don't, I won't ever say that it's a great movie ever. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so sick of this. Like this is the, this is the breaking point for me. I can't, I can't. I also heard that they're potentially doing a Lilo and Stitch one. No, no, I, I heard nothing that that's wrong with Lilo and Stitch. Nothing. You I, can't improve upon it. I actually heard that that's a lot more certain than from what they're saying here. It just says considering I've heard that Lilo and Stitch is actually happening. I don't know anything. I'm about so bad. I'm s- I haven't watched. The only one I watched was Pete's Dragon. I'm probably not going to see the rest. That's fair. Uh. Just just as a uh just as like I got two things here because this thing actually continues with something that might actually be good to go through with it. But just as a side note, HG, you spoiled yourself on like all the line, right? Uh I didn't read the entire th- synopsis or anything. Okay. But I, I knew the I know the ending. Okay. Uh do you care if I ask you a thing? Casey, do you care if I ask him a thing? Uh, I'm, I don't know if our listeners care. Uh, that's ca- That's why I'm going to suggest that we do our little like spoiler pause for a moment. Okay, so this okay, is this is going to be pause. this is going to be the first of two spoiler pauses this episode. By the way, so be oh, ready, yeah. uh, uh, Alex or Aki. Uh, here is where you can put the robot voice telling the the listeners what the timestamp is of when we stop talking about. Spoilers for Aladdin. Eleven. Eleven. Thank you, robot voice. Go on ahead. Thank you. So, a friend told me this, and I'm trying to figure out if it's bullshit or not. Does does the genie at the end of Friend Like Me actually turn to Jeb Bush and say, please clap? I highly fucking doubt that, dude. Yeah. I, <laughs> it, it's, it's like on the cusp of something I believe, though. I don't think so. I think that's, I think that's, I think he's just fucking with you, honestly. Yeah, probably. I really do. Probably. I, I, I don't believe that. If it's in there, I'm, I, I would literally leave the theater. I would literally <laughs> leave the theater. Oh, man. I'd never do that with movies, and I would leave the theater. I, I'm, I'm just, like, laughing internally, though, thinking about our listeners, like, waiting ten seconds through, like, the intermission music for that. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. <laughs> what a plot. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> but anyways. So this article uh, also states that another website is saying that they are also potentially considering a animated sequel. So that's something. To Nightmare, to for, Nightmare Christmas. for Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that's fair. That's fair. If they make an actual stop motion sequel to Nightmare for Christmas, that has a reason to exist. Yeah. A live action remake of a movie that's. Oh God. Oh God. I forgot that movie is actually kind of like thirty years old at this point. Uh, it says nineteen ninety four. The Nightmare Before Me. I'm. <laughs> the nightmare before my death, as I turn into dust, right on the podcast. I'm gonna say ni- the, ni- the nightmare, the nightmare before Labor Day. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack Skellington oh, uh, is unionizing, boys. <laughs> <laughs> About time. Um, uh, okay, two real, real quick. Oh, damn it! I wish she didn't bring a perfect transition. Ugh, I wanted to bring something up. Anyways. Uh, uh, okay. I can say I can say my other piece of news for later. Go ahead. Uh, well, I just want to say uh, a couple things. One, uh, I was, uh, due to all of like, the live action remakes, I actually got reminded about the f- live action remake of Toy Story, as in the one that was made by like actual people that were like fans of the movie and like took actual Toy Story toys and like recreated the movie shot for shot. Oh, that's uh, cute. Uh, that that's an older thing, uh, but I actually recently rewatched it right before I saw Toy Story four, uh, and I loved it. It was great. Uh, so yeah, I, I if you haven't seen that, uh, I'm too lazy to get the link. Just just look up put live action Toy Story notes, on YouTube. Probably I don't know. Whatever we'll see. Yeah. If I remember, yeah, I'll put, put it in, it in the notes. show notes. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, other thing. Which would have been a perfect transition to uh, the thing that Casey From mentioned. Jack Skellington <laughs> is unionizing boys. Yes. Uh, so Bojack Horseman successfully, uh, the, the, the animation team successfully unionized. Hooray. Uh, Hell yes. That's good for them. I don't have, I don't have much to say uh, about this because I honestly like it's it's something I really haven't been following too much. All I know is that it was happening. And I'm happy that it happened. It's it they they're union now, so that's good. That's all. Yep, I'm very happy to hear that as well. Yeah. What was your other good news, Cirque? Since we're about to kick you out to talk about the Toy Stories, sending me straight to hell. Okay, so for some goddamn reason, I don't know why. I don't even think Universal owns this character. Right now, they have a She-Ra face actor walking around the Islands of Adventure. Wow, what? <laughs> did, yeah. they hire, did they hire her? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I, A rogue cosplayer just roaming <laughs> Universal. <laughs> living, in the, living in the park. They, they can't catch okay. her. They keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh my god. It, that is a very weird pull, since, like I said, I don't believe they own the character, but it's it's a neat, it's a neat little uh, thing. That's Looks fun. very close to the cartoon, very close co- costume-wise. Very nice. I, I, I don't, I, it doesn't, it's not too strange for me, just because uh, I know that, 
I think Universal is doing a little bit more stuff with Netflix, like as in like uh, like Universal like theme parks is doing stuff more with Netflix because I mean oh, yeah. they had the whole Strangers thing, Stranger yeah. Things thing at uh, Hollywood Horror Nights uh, or Halloween. Halloween Horror Nights. I always get I always get the name wrong. It's fair. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a thing they've been doing. So uh, I I, okay. I can see that. That's it's really cool. I I like that it's successful enough that people can make a walk around character of this character uh, and put it in theme parks. That's pretty yeah. rad. I heard it's a good show. Yeah, me too. I haven't seen it though, unfortunately. Ah. Uh. Anyways, okay, so with that, uh, oh, oh, um, before we talk about Toy Story 4, I want to talk about something before Toy Story 4, um, so there were some previews, uh, before the movie, um, uh, I don't know which ones you, you got, Casey, um, I walked into the theater right as the previews were ending, so I got none of them. Oh, oh, okay, fair enough, uh, I saw, uh, I mean, there, there was, there was actually some really good ones. There was, uh, uh, there was one for the new Trolls movie, which actually looked really fucking cute. The one that the McElroy's are going to be in. Yes, they, they are going to be in that movie. Uh, and now I understand the context of what the characters are going to be too. So there you go. Uh, but then there was like you know the typical stuff you've been seeing lately. Uh, there's been some an- there was an Anna's family one. Uh, there was one for that one Pixar movie about like the the future like it's modern times and fantasy world where they have cars and stuff and unicorns are like raccoons, which hopefully will be good. Uh, I I always have a thing where like I I'm not sure if I'm gonna like like I always like. If I see a Pixar trailer and I say, oh, this looks good, it's probably going to be just okay. If I'm like, I'm not sure what this is going to be like, it ends up being really good. Yeah, so I think I'm, I'm I think I'm with you on that, at least lately, considering that's how I felt like I was very ambivalent about uh, Inside Out. And that was awesome. Uh, and mm-hmm. I felt very, very sure that Brave was going to be great. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, no. But, uh, okay. There was one trailer for a movie, because there's always at least one trailer that is absolutely terrible. Like, it's for, like, one of those movies, those anime movies where, like, literally the selling points is that it's a, it was probably made in, like, a foreign country, but they brought it over to the United States and they got a bunch of like B to C list celebrities to come in and like voice characters in it. And like the entire trailer is just showing off all the different people. Like this this happened with this happens a lot. There's a whole really good video by Lindsay Ellis uh, that got dropped uh, a couple weeks back uh, that explained this phenomenon. Um, and there's one that was called Arctic Justice. And uh it's according to the synopsis, <laughs> according to the synopsis from Google, uh, animals band together to save the day when the evil Otto von Walrus hatches a sinister scheme to accelerate go- global warming and melt the Arctic Circle. Uh, that's the plot. And Arctic Justice uh, Thunder Squad, it looks like, is the full title. Yes, Arctic oh, Justice wow, Thunder Squad. Oh, wow, these characters have very unsettling 
eyes. Arctic Ooh, Justice sounds crazy. like a revenge action film where a scientist has to avenge their huskies or something. I, I, I watched a trailer. I was horrified. I'm also absolutely seeing this movie on day one. <laughs> <laughs> that and kind of part movie, of yeah. it is because it, it's part. It's part of because like I know it's going to be terrible and it's going to be entertaining for me to talk about it at least to some degree. At least I'll find it entertaining to talk about it. Uh, I don't know if anyone cares if they listen about it, but whatever. Um, the fox character is cute. And played by Jeremy Renner, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. James Franco's in this one, Alec Baldwin, Tommy Lee Jones, Angelica Houston. Wow. Yeah, like I said, like I said, it's like, it's one of those movies that they get, that they go by like, oh, here's all the celebrities we roped in. As yeah, it seems like, like it's it's like one of those movie. like the nut job quality style things. Yeah, like yeah. it's, it's, it's about a fox <laughs> who wants to lead a sled dog team and it's like anthropomorphic fox and animal and they're really cute and I, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm weak, you can watch I'm trash. Trash. <laughs> I'm weak will. <laughs> uh, anyways. Let's talk about the Toy Story. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go grab my phone charger. I will be right back. Goodbye. See forever, you in about sir. 10 minutes. Forever? Okay. Goodbye <laughs> <laughs> forever. Uh, ah! so. repos- Woody's replacing you. Woody's our new co-host. <laughs> Oh, Say hi, it. Woody. Damn it! <laughs> there is a snake in your uh, boot. Wow. So <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> so here's where we're going to put in the little uh, spoiler bit. All right. Uh, exactly. And the robot voice again, right here, to tell you what timestamp to skip to. Uh, to skip the spoilers. Thirty-nine zero six. Okay. Your uh, voice is very soothing, Mister Robot. I wrote down like five notes, and they're just small. Um, oh, I, I don't have any notes right written down. I'm not a professional. I only just do this. <laughs> I write down. Um, they're they're not good notes. They're really dumb. Uh, I think the last time I wrote notes for a movie was when I went to see Sausage Party. <laughs> when you when I'm when I'm watching like one of the when I'm watching one of the bad Scooby Doo movies, it's like I'm back in college again. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm sitting, I'm like sitting on the couch with, with like, with like uh, Google Docs open on my laptop, and I'm taking notes as I watch. But uh, in this case, I was in a movie theater where I should not be texting, so I was, I was stealth writing a couple of notes. Um, so yeah, Toy Story Four. I don't, th- I don't think it's going to be necessary for us to detail the entire plot. But I think that the most interesting thing to bring up right away, uh, and this is a spoiler, uh, is uh, this is the this movie explores the metaphysics of Toy Story more than any of the other ones do, <laughs> because you see I a mean, toy become imbued with sentience. I mean, yes, yes, for sure. Uh, though I will say that uh, thankfully they didn't go too heavy on that. I, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion. That if Toy Story has like the the toys like just becoming alive for uh, like you know whatever kid Con- like Connie or 
uh, mm. Andy or whatever. Like, I feel like that would jump the shark in a lot of ways. I also feel like that if they put like magical rules to the toy stuff, like how the toys come alive, then uh, that would also really ruin things for me. Yeah, because and they, I think and they clearly be, like, don't do that. I think, I think the the reason the reason that Toy Story works as well as it does in terms of being about something that's alive whenever you're not looking is that's exactly the type of thing that I would have imagined my toys doing when I was a child as being alive whenever I'm not there. Uh, Toy Story, you know, so it, it Story. feels like it takes place in the mind of a child a little, and that's what I like about it. Yeah, Toy Story more than any other of like the mainstream Pixar films is basically a film that doesn't run on like logic or at least it doesn't law like like explainable logic but more like kind of a emotional logic you know like it makes it feels like it makes sense even though it makes no goddamn sense like there's a reason why there's so many parodies of toy story where like you know and like how like uh it's very popular like very like hip to talk about how weird the concept of toy story really is and how it's kind of like a metaphysical nightmare at times um which okay fine whatever but that's not the point it's really not um and like, it's, it's not one of those things where it's like, don't think about it. Like, don't use your brain. I think that's a dumb thing to say. I think it's a movie that, since it's so effective in portraying its world and its characters, that when you're in that theater, when you're in that moment, you don't care. It makes no goddamn sense. Yeah, like, I feel uh, like an explanation would almost be insulting a little bit. Because, you know, like, we, we hmm. expected a movie about toys being alive. <laughs> like, that's not you... I don't yeah. need an explanation. Like it's it's uh, it's a very simple concept that uh, that has very broad implications, um, and uh, and yeah, in this one, Forky, uh, a toy made out of a spork with some pipe cleaners for arms and googly eyes, uh, is uh, played by Tony Hale, I believe, right? Uh, I don't <laughs> and know. I, I I'm pretty I sure it was yeah. To the voice actors. Pretty sure it was Tony Hale, uh, who people might remember as uh, Buster from uh, Arrested Development. Um, and uh, yeah, go ahead and confirm that because I may have sounded really dumb just now. Um, but uh, but yeah, he like that's that's sort of the first character that's introduced to this fiction, uh, and uh, and they introduce him and some other characters at the expense of some others that kind of become you know potted plants like Jesse for example, but uh, but Forky is awesome. I love Forky. <laughs> that is a great character. <laughs> um, uh, I think that he was the most redeemable part of that movie for me. Uh, that or Bo Peep, who also kicked lots of ass. Um, but yeah, like the first note that I wrote down is like, uh, like when I was a kid, Toy Story was a movie uh, like Andy was the same age as me when that movie came out. Basically, uh, it was Tony. Hill. I, I yeah. just I confirmed it. Thank you. Yeah. Like Andy was the same age as me. And uh, mm-hmm. and in this movie, I was the same age as like the kindergarten teacher. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, no. And that was that was a little bit of an existential experience for me. Uh, <laughs> it didn't detract from the movie at all. I just thought it was kind of funny. No. Um, and so okay, yeah. 
Well, uh, just I just want to say, like, uh, just while we're kind of like on the metaphysical aspect, uh, there's a really great moment near the after credits, like during like during the credits, where I I, I won't get into like the major spoilers yet, but I, there's like a part where a character that's like a, basically another Forky character comes out, and like Forky's like, I'll answer any question you have because I at this point Forky's like accepted he's a toy and stuff like that uh and then she goes why am i alive and forky just stares and goes i don't know (laughs) and that's that's all that's all i want that's literally all i want that's literally all i want that's perfect that's perfect (laughs) i think that was one of my favorite moments in any of the toy stories because it, it literally doesn't matter that's the point it's literally telling the audience it doesn't matter shut up this is just how it is, okay? It's like that line in the Mystery Science Theater 3000 theme song. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the I don't remember the exact lines. But like... Uh, if you're wondering how they eat and breathe and other science facts, uh, just repeat to yourself, it's just a show, I should really just relax. That's which, the line. Yes, um, yeah, so uh, the other four things I wrote down... Oh no, three things. Uh, is... Uh, Ben Shapiro puppets. <laughs> oh, yes, that's. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, and yes. uh, the, the Tin Soldier from Tin Toy, the 1988 Pixar short. Yes. Uh, he's the one that was originally like in the, in the very first Toy Story script was the protagonist of the first Toy Story yeah. movie. They, he was, he makes a cameo appearance as like, uh, you know, as a himself, an Tin extra Toy. character <laughs> as Tin Toy in, in the antique toy shop. Uh, which, but he's literally Bo Peep says it's Tin Toy like he like it's great it's great I yeah yeah I love it it's like yeah it's just like a little something in there for <laughs> for the people the exact type of person that you would have to be to be able to tolerate our podcast uh, <laughs> yeah exactly that was gonna say the exact <laughs> kind of person who would listen to our podcast yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> And, like, the last note is that, like, and this may just be me, I might be wrong about this, but I felt like there was, like, way less product integration than in the previous titles. Like, none none of the toys that are added to this movie, really, like, even, like, the background characters, for the most part, are not uh, actual, um, uh, like, product integrations. There's, There's not, yeah, there's, like, not really... There's hardly any. Uh, there's hardly any products like, in this like, movie. Uh, there, there were like, like there was actually one thing that I thought was kind of neat. Uh, one of the lunch boxes in the uh, Toy Story in the in the the kindergarten room uh, that Woody hides behind uh, is for uh, like. Dinoman or something like that, like Reptileman or something like that. But that's a reference to the fucking Toy Story level in Kingdom Hearts. Because <laughs> those <laughs> are one of the canon. enemies you fight in. They said Which is canon. Was, I don't I don't know how. <laughs> but miraculously they somehow <laughs> did say that that the Toy Story level in Kingdom Hearts 3 is canon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but um, but yeah, no, like there's uh, uh, it's possible that they they also showed up in like one of the Toy Story shirts that I haven't mm-hmm. seen. But uh, but for me, that's that's what I recognize them from because uh, they 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 use that exact same toy line there. Uh, but yeah, like no, you're right. There's there's like there's a scene at the beginning where there's Barbies. Yeah. Uh, and sure, they still like Mr. Potato Head and yeah, like they they didn't get rid of the characters that they had before. Although, but in terms of like in terms of like, yeah, they did reduce it. That's that's one major complaint I would say is that like pretty much every character that isn't Woody, Bo, or any of the new characters don't really matter. <laughs> Yeah, like, like Wall- Wallace Shawn gets like one line in this film, and uh, the, he gets a few. Think, but... uh, or does he? Yeah, he gets like a couple, I guess. Kristen Shaw gets a couple. Uh, yeah, Jesse Jesse has Jesse has a little bit more of a role, but not a ton. Not more than more than a, I want more of Jesse just in general. Um, yeah, but but like uh, I feel, but like yeah, like really, this is a story about Woody. Like almost entirely. Yeah, <laughs> like, Woody, uh, Woody and Bo Peep. Yeah, like and and even Buzz Lightyear has a really really small like he's he's in the movie a lot but he doesn't do much like yeah. he's basically there just to sort of get some of the characters. He, he's pretty much meet the up. comic relief character in this movie. He also gets kind of dumber. <laughs> like oh he's he, they, yeah he's he's super dumb. They flanderized the hell out of him. Yeah, like yeah. he's kind of back to being like I don't know if it's like their justification is because he got a reset in Toy Story three, so he's kind of like I don't think they have things a or something. I think they just did it for uh, yeah, purposes, like which is fine because like his his whole thing is that he's like confused <laughs> about the concept of an inner voice, like a conscience, or maybe they and read so he just maybe assu- they read Tim Allen's tweets and they were like, you know what, we've been overriding this character. <laughs> This this character has to be dumb as rocks, <laughs> yeah. and he has to hate millennials. Um, yeah. But um, uh, but no, yeah, seriously, like it's uh, uh, I, I I don't know, like it's not my favorite of the franchise. Uh, I will say because actually, you know what? I want to actually talk about the big spoiler. I really do because I feel like it's kind of perfect because okay. uh, it's it's what basically takes this movie from being good to like. Okay, yeah, this has a reason to exist. Uh-huh. Um, it completes Woody's character, like a hundred percent, definitively. He's it's like he's he's done, he's done, and it's great because uh, I mean he's still doing stuff, but like in terms of like the Toy Story thing that people would be following, like they could just abandon Woody. They don't need him anymore. He's doing his own damn thing. Though I would honestly would love to see a thing with Woody and Bo just kind of doing stuff. Because, like, because if you don't know what I'm talking about, at the end of the movie, Woody doesn't go back with Bonnie. <laughs> he stays with Bo Peep to, like, hang out and, like, do, like, basically, it seems like what they're trying he to do is they're rogue. going to... Yeah. He goes rogue, and he makes his mission to be, make sure that toys have owners, like, have kids that they can, like, hang out with. And... Like, that's kind of what his mission is. And it's actually kind of a brilliant way to take the character. Because, yes, Woody has always had these commitment issues. Always. 
And like in terms of like he's too reliant and unable to like think for himself and like all this stuff like and he he takes he because he basically he had a very privileged life of being a, loved by two different kids while many toys barely get one. <laughs> and he makes his mission to make it so every toy has a chance to be with a kid. Like that's 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 brilliant. That's that's yeah, a well, very good way to end Woody's character. Yeah, and and his character, like the character of Woody, like it, Toy Story Four kind of mirrors Toy Story One in that the character of Woody has a, sort of the same conflict, you know, uh, as he did in the first film, uh, which is that he is uh, he is no longer uh, he is no longer the object of his owner's affection the way that he uh, the way that he's typically used to. But in this character, in this in this one, the personal growth is less uh, him like learning how to how to share that spotlight, and more him uh, like like on a journey of self acceptance and uh, and sort of like watching out for his own self, you know, and and well, making sure well, like not to that. do that at the sacrifice of others, and it's like like so. Like, Pixar, okay, the best so of Pixar is very emotionally intelligent, and this is no exception. There's the, the thing is, is that like there's a stark difference between Woody at the at Toy Story one and Woody mm. in Toy Story four, uh, and how he reacts to becoming not the favorite toy. Yeah, like he, he uh, they don't he, undo all of his growth. <laughs> like it's uh, instead of him being like this jealous jerk who's literally like like almost like inadvertently plots to kill Buzz. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But not not intentionally. He says it's not intentionally, but he just wants them to be lost for a moment. But still, like it's instead like he realizes that Forky is important to Bonnie, so he tries to protect her, protect Forky at all costs because that's how he can feel, you know, like he has an actual like purpose. If he doesn't bring joy to Bonnie, even if it's inadvertently. He feel like he feels like he has nothing, and he learns over time that he does have something inside him, and he can have his own independence and still make people happy in the process. He just has to grow out of his dependency of you know being a part of just one person's life, and that is what's really freaking incredible about the writing of this movie. Like it's 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 so masterfully done, and I can't. I, they they took this character, uh, who basically seemed like to have like nowhere further to go, realized the major flaw of the character, and then like basically tried to like make him grow from it. That's that's good writing. <laughs> that's good writing, and I'll tell you this right now: if they make a Toy Story five. One, don't have Woody in it. For the love of God, do not fucking have Woody in it. Make it start Jesse. Make it start Jesse. If, you, if you're going to make a Toy Story 5, make it start Jesse. But here's the better answer. Don't have a Toy Story 5. Just, all, I know that they are doing like, they, they're, they're doing like a Forky series on Disney+. Plus. I think there's just like a series of different shorts. But basically, yeah, like, I'm fine with that. Do not, and I repeat, do not make a Toy Story five, please. Yeah, I hope they don't. You. But we'll see what happens. Like that, it's it's yeah. a. I can't think of basically any other franchise 
that went on for four movies and they were all good. <laughs> this is like the yeah, only that's, that's one incredible. I can think of. So yeah, I think we should let the cat back in because because uh, he's probably right, getting yeah. all wet out there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all done with the litter box, so we might as well just put them in. Okay, so do we want to... Do we want to do I our st- civic duty? I, yeah, let's do our civic duty here. Uh, <laughs> duty. Um, that that was uh, our other civic duty, was to point that out. Yes. Uh, so let's go and watch cartoons that have fallen to the public domain or are otherwise easily accessible. Oh, what about the Patreon? How do we do that? Yes. Uh... Uh, now how do we do this? Well, oh wait, yeah, talking about the Patreon, that's right. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm glad someone remembered. <laughs> I, well, Cirque remembered, I just it completely ignored it. No, I, I forgot, <laughs> yeah, I well, forgot too, Cirque is the only one who remembered. <laughs> yeah, oops. Uh, so yes, our Patreon! <laughs> hey, ha-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, so, uh, the Patreon is, uh, the place... We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash ttpw. Uh, it is a place where we have a bunch of bonus content for you. Uh, you just subscribe to the Patreon and you can access it. Stuff like uh, two bonus podcasts. Uh, one being Toontown Chronicle, a podcast where we talk about things that are not cartoon related. Uh, and also uh, one where we talk about uh, like a bad anime movie. It's called Toontown Nights. Uh, and uh, we, the most recent one we watched was Cat in the Hat, as in the live-action one, because I want to hurt everyone. Um, and you also, you also hurt our editors because that took two separate nights to finish. <laughs> yeah, that, to, Mike Myers cursed that recording, but, but we won't, we won't get into that. Uh, what I will get into is that uh, if you donate to the Patreon, all the money will be going to our lovely editors, which. That'd be uh, Ikea the Dragon and Alex the Lemur. Uh, they basically make this whole thing run and run smoothly and actually, like, actually come up. Uh, like, you can actually listen to it in pretty little years. So, yes. We do Thank not see it. For them. We do not see a cent of it. We do this because it's fun as hell. We would really appreciate it if you, uh, like, supported our editors because, like uh, HT said, our con- their contributions are what make this show possible. Alright, so uh, again, the Patreon is patreon.com slash T-T-P-W as in Town Public Works. Okay, now let's actually do the damn thing. Yay. Uh, yay. So let's watch a cartoon that's fallen to the public domain or is otherwise easily accessible. Uh, and how do we do that? Well, well, my friend, we have a DVD collection uh, where with a bunch of these cartoons uh, that are really, really old, like super duper old, like older than your grandma. Pro- well, no, that, I don't know. Is that, I don't know. I don't know the age of our audience. Maybe they are older than the grandma. Maybe to be fair, to be fair. To be fair, these are all these cartoons are older than some grandmas. That is that is definitely true. I would say uh, so, the majority of them, in fact. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, uh, let's go on 
and let us watch uh, some cartoons. And we have a we have a thing where a collection of these cartoons, and the way we sort them is through the list. Drum roll, Alex. All right, we are going to watch a cartoon uh, starring Alice. Uh, these are oh. kind of hit and miss, so let's see. It's been a while see. since we saw Alice. Definitely. So this one is called Alice in the Jungle. Oh boy. Please. Please. Well, Please. Well, there's just going to be some silly monkeys and the cat's going to do things. It's it's okay, HG. It's okay. Right. That's I'm ready to find That's kind out. of what I'm scared of. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so as uh, per usual for Alice Shorts, this was a uh, a, a trial in uh, very sur- in surrealism, basically. Um, yeah, it's surrealism and violence. <laughs> one of those really early cartoons where uh, where it kind of you know still feels it like made- they're just doing a magic trick by making a. A picture move. It's a moving drawing. Wow, look at that. We can do so many things. It meanders. You know, yeah. Well, well, I, I won't say that. Um, because, so there's a whole thing about this. Uh, one, one thing about this short is that it is very self-aware of tropes that were started from animated, like, from, like, other cartoons of the era. Like, uh so like there's the whole gag where uh they are looking at uh like where uh the not felix the cat cat um is looking like he's about to be eaten by crocodiles and he freezes in the air and he looks around he spots something and there's like a little dotted line that gets drawn <laughs> and what he does is he just uses that as a zip line to get away from the alligators which is okay actually that really was cool great for the that's a good fourth wall joke. Um, uh, there's a lot of weird things like that. Uh, and there um, was the, uh, there was the time that he used an idea bubble to form a bucket of starch and then use that to make a cast of a tiger sail. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Like that, the whole, okay. So, <laughs> so the premise is this, uh, Alice and the, the cat are at, uh, they're in a they're in uh like a African jungle type of situation. It's like it's the old what people used to consider was a jungle back in the day, where like there's lions and hippos and all sorts of different kind of things. Most of them are anthropomorphized and have like outfits, and some don't. Um, there is actually a elephant that they ride on, as well as a pair of elephants that just sort of walk around in like full outfits and stuff. Um, but yeah. There's really no plot. It's just sort of a series of events. Uh, and the series of event regarding the tiger's tail is that uh, a monkey had a barber shop and he had a barber pole that he really liked uh, and he cleaned it up. Then a hippo came, about, came by, ate it like a candy cane, and the monkey got sad. The cat came by, 
said that he would fix this. And the way he fixed it is by putting plaster on a tiger's tail, scaring the tiger. And then the plaster mold comes out and then, oh, there you go. Striped barber pole. So there you go. At first, I thought the tail just came off entirely. Same. Which, which, uh, which wouldn't be out of place considering some of the jokes in this. Uh, like, there's a joke where, uh, like, there's a joke where, like, a lion is about to, like, chomp uh, the cat. And the cat just opens up the mouth of the lion, crawls in, and then, like, drags and turns the lion inside out. I've seen people die uh, in horror movies like that. <laughs> it's pretty horrific, honestly. Uh, it sounds like a Mortal Kombat fatality more than anything. <laughs> um, uh, we also didn't talk about... Did we-, we talk about... Did you already mention the symbiote suit on the elephant? No, you did not. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> okay, I I, I kind of wanted to save that for last because it was just so weird. Because these elephants are just straight up like nothing about them makes any sense, and it's great. Uh, so the elephant, uh, <laughs> the elephant and the elephant's friend, girlfriend, I don't know. Uh, they, they, they go. They're going to a lake, like a little tiny pond, and. Uh, they get there, and then one elephant extends their trunk, and it turns their trunk into a trunk, as in a clothing trunk, which they get their swimsuits out of. Uh, the lady elephant puts on her swimsuits, like normal, for the most part. The male elephant eats the swimsuit, and then sweats the swimsuit out of his body. (laughs) Casey during this was like, is that fucking Venom? Like, this is, this is like, you know, when you do jokes about uh, how weird old cartoons were, and you're just kind of like going on this, and you're thinking that, oh, this joke is so bizarre that they wouldn't even do this at that, that time. They just wouldn't do that. No, no, they, they just did it. They just made a really weird, surreal joke that has no context with anything. Except for the fact that I guess the elephant eats the swimsuit and then they can sweat it out. Like that's it's now him. It's his skin. It's like it's like the it's like how Machop in, or like Machoke uh, in Pokemon has flesh pants. You flesh know, pants. I guess it's like you know how like they have a thing that looks like that they're, they're wearing a leotard, but that's like something they're born with, so it's flesh pants. Oh, like uh, like Score Bunny's uh, biological band aid. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's sort of it, yeah, I don't know. weird to it's, think about, isn't it? Machoke is oh no, Mister Mime is completely nude. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. It's horrifying. It, uh, it's it's but, internal channel, so it's all it all works out. <laughs> but yeah, like it's uh, they just. It, there's just a series of events like Alice and the cat. Like it's more the cat short more than anything. Uh, and the cat like does stuff like avoid crocodiles and then helps up the monkey barber. And then like Alice then tries to hunt a baby lion and that sucks. <laughs> but then Alice almost gets eaten by a lion. Uh, 
and then they all get chased by lions and that and then they get on the elephant and they go away that's the end of the cartoon they like, fly off on dumbo they fly off on, well yeah this is a remember owl shorts are made by disney and this is a flying elephant way before dumbo even existed so flapping its wings ear wings well, ear wings ear wings i don't think elephants have th- that th- those aren't called wings sir I, I want you to understand that that the things that are on the side of elephants heads are not wings they are ears okay they look like they can i need you to their understand entire body though it doesn't make any sense i need you to understand this I this is under- important to me i don't understand sh- <laughs> uh but yeah it's it was okay it's basically on par with a lot of the alice stuff which is uh, fine the, there's there's a gimmick and the gimmick is this is like one of the first times that they had live action stuff in cartoons and it was neat yeah that well that's the gimmick for all the alice shorts so and we didn't notice anything distinctly racist thank god for that Thank God for that. Good shit. Let's. All right. Let's. Yes, let's. Let's Let's go. Go to. The list. Let's let's. Let's let's. Okay. Drum roll, Alex. Okay, so we are going to watch a cartoon uh, called The Emerald Isle. As in S-I-S-L-E, as in like an island. The Emerald Isle. So what you're saying is Gabby's coming back. If Gabby's back, I'm going to fucking kill someone. Honestly, I think if we ever do like a live show, we should put one of these kind of cartoons on. Just just awkwardly try to get the audience to start singing. <laughs> uh no, no. <laughs> I think I think I'd rather die. <laughs> um so Gabby isn't back, thankfully. Um Yay. it it's one of those cartoons I think we've seen like one or two other. Yeah, ones we saw we saw one called the our funny finny friends a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. That was basically the same where it was, you know, a few minutes of puns, then a sing along. <laughs> and that's what this is, is mm-hmm. a, a bunch of visual puns about Ireland. Uh, some of them vaguely clever. Some of them just extremely painful. Uh, and then a sing along to McNamara's band, which is a song I've never heard. Yeah. Never heard it. Um. So yeah. Uh, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, Let's see. Uh, <laughs> the so yeah, like it, it just has like a lot of like uh, like I'm trying to think about some of like the puns that they talk about at the beginning. Well, there's uh, the there's the one that hurt me. 
There's but, the one that really hurt me. I think you should um, be able to talk about it because it's the one that injured you. Okay, so there was the they they went to an Irish town. They like kind of like zoomed in on a butcher. I don't remember what the guy was saying before this, but then he saw one of the stakes with a broom, like dusting the ground, and uh, and then he's like, "Hey, what what do you what do you think you're doing? Uh, what kind of stake are you?" And he <laughs> and the stake goes. Well, haven't you heard of the Irish sweepstakes? Uh, that sucked. Uh, and <laughs> apparently this is a reference to uh, a thing from like the 30s. Uh, basically, it was like sort of a charity thing that Ireland would do where they would like hold the lottery to help fund their like hospitals and stuff like that. Uh this is literally just me looking at Google for like half a second. So if I'm missing any sort of cultural context, I am sorry. I just do not have this. I, yeah. I, I, I need to make an entertaining, entertaining podcast right this moment. And I can't do that and read at the same time. Honestly, even if we need a cultural context, that joke was still sucked back. So. Yeah. Oh, no, was, it's awful. There was one where it's like, and this is the lovely town of Cork, and it's a bunch of houses that all have wine corks in their chimneys, <laughs> and then that pops the corks out of the chimneys. <laughs> and then they they talk about the rocky roads of Dublin, and it's it's a it's a road balanced on a bunch of rocking chairs. This is this is the level of pun in this cartoon. The puns in our funny Finny Look- friends were much better. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, well, yeah, because I, I think they were trying their hardest not to be offensive for once. Um, like, basically, they just, even though, like, literally no none of the people speaking in this uh, were Irish at all. Like, unless, like, those, those were really bad accents, all of them. Uh, but uh, I did like the cameo of H-Bomber guy. Yeah. <laughs> the drummer in McNamara's band. Yeah. <laughs> we're probably going to um, we're going to have to not, get a Sorry, not the drummer in McNamara's band. Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to see a screen cap of it. Uh He's the only <laughs> Swede in McNamara's band. Uh, yeah, it's towards I, I the very know. end. Uh Is that song even Irish? Like I don't even know. Um, well, McNamara's Band is a popular song composed in 1889 by Seamus O'Connor, who okay, I don't, I probably <laughs> Irish. Uh, yeah, but the name like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so Irish American music hall veteran William J. Ashcroft. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, it was written for an Irish American uh, music hall veteran, uh, and uh, modern listeners associate the song with the version by Bing Crosby. Oh, uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, known Irishman Bing Crosby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that man from the fallouts. <laughs> 
Uh, I remember him from all the parodies and cartoons that I did not understand in the slightest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Remember that one cartoon where, like, all the chickens were, like, laying eggs for various different crooners that were, like, chicken versions of crooners? Like, you remember that one? No. Was that AMAX gag? That seems like it would be an AMAX gag. No, it was an old cartoon. It was like there was a Bing Crosby chicken. There was uh, I don't know any other fucking crooners from the era. Just there's a, there's a cartoon. I'll have to look for it and I'll have to subject you guys if you don't know what I'm talking about. But I, for the life of me, have this cartoon stuck in my head. It's what I associate so many of these kind of jokes with. Um, I don't know. Um, it's it's uh uh. I don't know. It's it's fine. It's inoffensive. It's just full of really dumb puns and a sing-along that nobody cares about. I enjoy it. I've never heard of the song. I enjoy it more than the first cartoon we watched. Yeah, yeah, it was it is it was it was more engaging, though it was less weird. So I don't I think it was kind of a watch wash there, you know? Like Fair just enough. kind of a like I don't have very much to say about it, but it also wasn't, like, just completely, like, like unwilling to, like, meet its audience halfway in any way, capacity. Like, meet reality in any sort of sense. You know? I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, it's... The Alice cartoon was challenging. This isn't. And that's basically it. Yeah. I think I agree with that. Now let's right. watch something really challenging. <laughs> the Al- <laughs> the Robert Mueller report. Um, anyway, Ken Burns Civil War. <laughs> Every episode of it in a row. Um, that was the original. That's the original binge watching right there. My mother had a uh, one of those big VHS box sets of every episode of North and South. You know? Huh? Remember that? Uh, vaguely. Oh. It was like some show about the... Uh, this isn't cartoons. Let's go away. Let's move <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> so, let's return to... The List. Drumroll, Alex. What the fuck was that? I'm mad. That's what I am. Our fucking audios. Our fucking audios. Also, also, that was an elephant. It was an elephant going, because we're going to watch our old friends, Wacky and Packy. Oh, I forgot. That's why you made that noise. Okay, never mind. I completely fucking understand. No, I made that noise because I was angry. I wasn't. I was literally not. I was just trying not to scream. <laughs> That's what I was doing. <laughs> uh, we're gonna watch a short called "New York Sweets." The New York Sweets, rather. Sweets oh, spelled S U I T E S. Yeah, like S. That's in like like things you eat. Sweets. All right. Okay. Sounds good. All right, wait. No, it Sweats? Doesn't. It really, really doesn't. 
Is it Sweats? The New York Sweats? Our story begins back in dinosaur days, when an earthquake turns rivers to foam. And a caveman named Wacky and his woolly mammoth, Packy, end up two million years from home. Hey, it's bad. Uh, was there any doubt also we need to clarify something yes this cartoon is called the new york sweats not the new york sweets the pun we want to talk about we talked about fucking puns in the last uh cartoon that's that's a pun that doesn't even fucking make sense because it's the the focus is on a fucking football team in this it's not about a baseball team it's a fucking football team well okay so uh on both the list that I have, as well as on the DVD itself, it lists the cartoon as the New York Sweets. I that that's not there's no way, there's no way that's called that because we found a YouTube video that called it the New York Sweats, and that makes it kind of a joke because that would actually make sense because. You know, and it's a YouTube team, it's a YouTube but... channel called Wacky and Packy that only has Wacky and Packy videos. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Hang on. It. No, I'm not gonna say anything because I'm sure that person's a nice person. I just. I'm. It's the description of the channel is the complete collection of our favorite and rare cartoon. You know what? Hmm. You know what? Maybe maybe it has nostalgia purposes. Maybe maybe they used to watch it with a family member or something. I won't I won't judge that. That's fine. I will judge this cartoon. You don't have to. I'm judging him. I'm judging him well enough for both of us. But <laughs> yeah. So Wacketh and Packeth are in New York City again, up to their usual shenanigans and of being spot- hungry. Yeah, they're hungry, and uh, Wacky opens up a little compartment on his club that is a tiny refrigerator, and it's empty. And I thought they... it looked like a little mouse house or something. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be a refrigerator. Uh, and then they uh, they see a tractor, and they think it's a dinosaur that's eating dirt, so they decide to give eating dirt a try, and they find that's out that they don't like it. And then the tractor throws them way up in the sky, all the way to the football field. Um, and then they like. Then they have then to they play like, football, and that's all I care to elaborate on. They well, they they, they they have to play football because they bust the balls of the super uh, the quarterback. He's a very foppish, gorgeous George type character. He he cries oh, he's, a lot, and he is big. Uh, he, uh, the reason why no one laughed at that wonderful joke is because that's literally what happened in the thing. He popped this football, but it's not even a double entendre. It's just, it, it's a double entendre to us <laughs> now in the future, but <laughs> back then. Probably not. Casey um, pointed out that, like, uh, the coach right after that said, "Boy, you really creamed our quarterback." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn it! I didn't even catch that. <laughs> I'm twelve. Um. Anyways, uh, like, yeah, like, the, the the because they fell from the sky and beat the shit out of the quarterback. 
they just decide to go ahead and put him in put these this elephant and this cave homeless person uh out onto the field for a football game to uh win the game with the one football because okay so I don't remember everything that happened here. All I remember is that the that they uh they try to like the football man is <laughs> like the, the football man is like telling Wacky and Packy that he has to go the other way than the coach said because that's the right way to do it. And then Wacky does that. Uh but then Packy then like uses his trunk to suck up the Oh, remember the the weird thing where he where uh, Packy inflated himself with dirt. Yes. Oh I just, yeah. I wanted to bring that up. That's 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 the only thing I remember. Now. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that does happen. That does happen. Uh, but anyway, so uh, Lackey then sucks the football man, the 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 wacky man, and puts him, throws him over to the 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 goal, and they win. Packy Packy sucks the wacky man. You say. Yeah, Pucky Pucky sucks the wacky man, and uh, and they win the football game because they got the one football because the football game is determined. It's like it's like it's like Quidditch. If you if you get the golden snitch, then you win. It's um, it's like they wasted two minutes of their short on dirt bullshit, and then they had to wrap up their football <laughs> segment really fast. <laughs> I like the phrase dirt bullshit a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, because uh, uh, that's such a mood. Anyways. Uh, uh, yeah, so, like, then everyone gets a, uh, a deodorant sponsorship, and then they say the domestic abuse joke from uh, Honeymoon's. Yeah. And that's the end. Yeah, there you go. That's the end. <laughs> yep. I'm tired. I hate this shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's what? wacky and packy, so it's still bad. Like, there's not really anything new. Uh, it's it's uh, you know, still Uncle Croc's block. Uncle Croc's <laughs> block. Uh, this was a <laughs> block. Uh, yeah, it was. Wacky and Packy? Yes. Yes, yeah. it took the place of another cartoon that we could have watched, so I'm saying it's Cat Block. Yeah, this is, this is it, it's, but it's from Uncle Croc's Cat Block. Uh, and, uh, and that's, uh, <laughs> and the, the cartoons were very low quality on those, uh, and this is no exception. It's bad. I don't know. Like, I wish I had something interesting and new to say. <laughs> I can understand how Sid and Mari Croft ate the fucking lunches of everybody else in the 70s compared to, like, this kind of stuff. You know, there, there there's people out there that say that Hanna-Barbera is bad. And they are. They are. But look at the contemporaries of their time. You could do so much worse. Um... Yeah, well, Hanna-Barbera wasn't always 
bad. Like a lot of their stuff was very efficiently made, but not like always at the cost of quality. Like I feel like a lot of their really early stuff looks pretty dated, but like as they went on, like they ended up making some pretty high quality stuff, like stuff that was a lot better than this. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's know, fair. So, yeah. but when people think about Hanna Barbera, they're thinking about the era where like they just shoveled out literally everything. Uh, yeah, they're thinking and, like the the like the early '60s stuff. But like you know, even then there was some okay material. I don't know. Like they um, had like they had like a dozen different versions of of Scooby Doo. Where it was just a band of teens solving mysteries while they were in a band. That was yeah. That was that was something that they did. Is they they would always and they had like a whole bunch of like. Uh, were they the ones who did like Laverne and Shirley join the army or like uh, I or think like so. the Fonz so. and like they were doing a thing for a while where they just took like sitcom characters and they added like an animal companion. Like that was that was totally their yeah. shit. Like Scooby Scooby Doo was was one of many of its type and it's just the one that happened to get uh the audience that uh you know that it did like that like there's an there's an alternate universe where some other variety of crime solving teens that Hanna-Barbera produced became the national icon there's a universe where Jabberjaw is like the focal point of all culture yeah exactly there's a universe where the funky phantom is the is <laughs> sort of the funky phantom prime. Yeah, that's the Hanna Barbera's prime. Uh, has has Scooby Doo ever fought the funky phantom? That seems like it'd be right for a crossover. Uh, he I'm, did. I'm he did in an episode of Mystery Inc. In fact, yes. Oh. Uh, yeah, in fact, Jabberjaw's in that one too, and Speedway. Yes! we've we've talked we've talked about it on the show, but it was a long time ago. Uh, my, my fair enough. It's a, it's a great are episode. Hurting my brain. Yeah, it's actually it's it's probably my favorite episode of Mystery Inc. In fact, uh, everyone should watch it. It requires no it requires no previous knowledge to the rest of the show, so it's a good one to just sort of watch on its own. Just a lovely uh, hammer bearer. Regardless, yeah, we we hated this cartoon so much that we started talking about a different cartoon. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm chalking that up as a win. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think that we should just move on to our prompt now. Okay. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to the prompt. So every episode, we uh, do a prompt uh, that we give out to our audience for them to answer uh, about a wide variety of different topics. Uh, you can, uh, there's, there's a couple ways to get in contact with us. One of which being our email, which is toontownpublicworks at gmail.com. That's where you can respond to prompts from the past. And, uh, speaking of that, let's move on. Start with, uh, let me put it in front of me. Uh, there we go. Uh, a response from Axel, uh, who got it. No, <laughs> you probably drove them away now. I love they that low hanging anyway. fruit. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, let's go. Uh, but yes, Axel responded to our prompt about cartoon cats, and uh, they they responded with, 
Uh, as a giant cartoon cat, I was frankly dismayed with the lack of cartoon representation and knowledge. And to say that there aren't as many, uh, and to say there aren't as many cartoon dogs, this must be corrected. And thus, I present you a not even comprehensive list of cart, uh, cartoon cats to pick from that I can name off off the top of my head. Okay, here's a list. <laughs> SWAT cats. Hell Tigger. yes. Chesh- Cheshire cat. Uh, good, yes. Jean, Jean Tom, Samurai Pizza Cats. That animated David Copperfield on ABC when I was a small child and probably imprinted on me. The Cadillac Cats. Oliver and Company. That shitty kid who gets turned into a cat and rock a doodle. <laughs> That's the one that imprinted on me. Um, Captain Og Readmore. Natanya uh, from Log Horizon, uh, Sakamoto from uh, Nichichu. I'm gonna, I'm butchering those names. I'm sorry. Uh, Tom. Oh yeah, Tom. Uh, as of Tom and Jerry. Duh. Uh, Sylvester and Meowth. There's surely more. Never understate. Uh, never underestimate the official mascot of the internet. And you know what? That's fair. That's completely fair. Yep. Oh, you forgot Garfield. But then again, Garfield <laughs> is... <laughs> All good cats, I have to say. Uh, I Since since they uh, since they wrote us in, uh, I think we should probably uh, mention that uh, Axel is the host of Barking Points Memo. Uh, really? Yes. And, uh, yes. and if you are interested in... Uh, in leftist perspectives on politics, that's a great show to listen to. Uh, so yeah, for sure. Thank you for writing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so very much. Uh, so that was what we got in terms of emails. Uh, so we're going to move on to our Twitter. We have a Twitter, which is at Toontown public. And that's where we post the props, uh, for the first time before they are, uh, on the, well, at the same time as the episode goes up, basically. The next episode goes up. Um, and in that uh, in that prompt, we get uh, like a lot of responses from a lot of different people, and we have a lot of different topics that we cover. Uh, I'm basically saying nothing, because I'm trying to corpse my way into actually having the list in front of me. Here we go. Uh, and so, our prompt for the next episode the previous episode uh, was what is your favorite animated show marketed to girls? You know, traditionally. Uh, I think that's a fun prompt. I think that's a good fun prospect. So, yes, let's get started on this. Uh, we got a few responses. One from uh, Chaotic Lesbian or at Mi- eight at major melody uh they responded i really like i really liked atomic betty and totally spies growing up uh i vaguely remember watching the buzz on the buzz on maggie but i don't remember if i liked it i know one of these um though atomic betty sounds really familiar i gotta look that up real quick uh y'all have any experience with these guys uh, characters or anything uh, name them no. again. Totally Spies, I know. I know Totally Spies. The last one There's I don't Atomic know. Atomic Betty. Okay, yeah. I, Atomic Betty, I, I, I recognize that. Uh, 
And there was also The Buzz on Maggie. I don't know that one. Uh, let me pull that up. I do know that Tonk Bay got a really weird sequel movie a couple years ago where she was like, it, it was like, I think like the A's and she killed a bunch of people, but. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, fucking around. That, that was the uh, oh, okay. action movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, okay. So, uh, but the buzz on Maggie, uh, this was a show from. Oh yeah. That was a Disney channel show, right? Yeah, that was a Disney Channel show, and it's uh, about a unusual young teen fly with big dreams. Uh, from <laughs> okay, uh, the Metropolis of Sticky Feet, which I kind of like that. I like that. That's um, a good name. Yeah, I don't know. It, okay, I I have no experience on this cartoon, but okay. Uh, I was completely outside. I I've actually not seen anything from disney channel since well basically it was uh like i i stopped around the when i basically got into high school and then i started watching uh then i watched gravity falls and then i stopped again and then i watched uh ducktales and there we go uh but is Star Versus on Disney Channel? I only know it on XD. Star Versus, I think, might be on Disney Channel. I did just okay. look up Atomic Bay. The design for the main character looks extremely familiar. I've seen Atomic Betty around. I'm, I'm, I think I'm a tad too old for everything in this except for Totally Spies, and I didn't watch Totally Spies. Uh, mainly just because... I don't know. I think I was just a dumb kid at the time. You know, it's a girl show, so I don't watch it. So because I was dumb, and yet I still watch as as told by Ginger, <laughs> and uh, a lot Wait. of other shows. Working as does as told by Ginger Kim count? I mean, I, I, I it's kind of is like like I think it was a show that was like every character except for like two of them were f- female characters, really. I guess it would, wouldn't it? I just kind of hated the way yeah. that one looked. <laughs> well, that's Klasky Chapeau. Yeah, Klasky Chapeau has a very... Yeah, but there was... Uh, in, in this particular one, they put the mouths in a weird place, and, like, that's what I hated. Okay, fair enough. But, yes, so thank you very much, uh, Major Melody. Yes, thank uh, you so Melody. much. I, I probably butchered your name. I'm sorry again. I'm bad at names. <laughs> By the way, like your handle, very powerful, very powerful name. All right. So we got a response from Earthdigger. Yeah. Uh, and they they said card captors. Uh, it was perhaps the first show with an adorable mascot character I latched onto, and it had uh, and all the variety of the villains were very exciting. I don't know this one. I do. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about it. Uh, okay, I do not know enough to give you a full rundown of a premise. I believe uh, it was about a uh, young girl that got a magical gold transformation, and she had a uh, little lion plush with wings that served as her partner. She had to go and find monsters, Put them in cards, I think, and then use those cards with monsters in them to get other monsters. 
I think she so, also had a boy sidekick character. Hmm. Oh, sh- okay, okay. Now I never remember. watched this show, but I have. I know people who are obsessed with this show. So, okay, that's fair. That's completely fair. Uh, this, this, I don't this watch is, a lot of anime. I'm sorry. This yeah, is I'm the one where here. that the screen capped is from with the wolf coming in with a basket saying, I put a load of laundry in the... In the uh, washing machine or whatever that's great that's very good i i i I recognize the lion character too so that okay okay that's fair i have no reference point for this but thank you very much for the response thank you good answer thanks Ertegger. all right let's see what we got oh we got one from dr b oh Hello, Gambi. Hello. So Dr. B says, Hmm. It's hard to think of many shows targeted to just girls these days. But I'll have to take a jab and say Hilda. I've talked a lot about it before, but the art... I've likely talked about it before, but the art, story, and setting, it's all just so beautiful. I have only seen one episode of this show, and I'm kicking myself every single day about it. Honestly. It looks really good. I haven't watched any of it. It is beautiful. It it's a cute source of like it's a very magical realism kind of setting where like it's pretty much commonplace that mystical things kind of exist. Uh-huh. You know? Uh and it's fascinating. It's like uh she had uh the main character has a fox deer like pet. At least I think I think it was a fox deer. I think that's what it is. Um, and, like, the first episode is about how there are, uh, invisible tiny people who are, like, trying to knock down the house of the family, uh, because they're on their land, uh, and it's all a massive bureaucracy, like, in order for her to actually see what they look like, 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 in order to, like, actually see what the invisible people look like, uh, she has to fill out a whole bunch of these forms in triplicate, (laughs) And it's great. It's no, it's it's, it's a weird kind of like it's a fun kind of like weird like it's it's a full it's a very bureaucracy kind of like little society and it's it's funny. It's really cute. I dig it a lot. It has a wonderful art style and I love it. I agree with uh, the I agree with the first sentiment though, which is that uh, it seems like uh, it seems like uh, cartoons are a lot better at uh, at the way that they market their. Uh, their stuff in a in a more gender neutral sense you know like i think when we were when we were all growing up it was basically cartoons with female protagonists are cartoons for girls cartoons with male protagonists are cartoons for boys and that's just kind of how it was (laughs) and thankfully Uh, that's are broken down now yeah so which is good yeah you know, this is being made by mature adults and everything, I guess. I don't know. It's a, uh, but yeah, like it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Who else wrote in? Uh, we got one more. Uh, it's from, uh, Matt Stabe. Uh, Oh, again, again, I'm probably butchering. You did not. You said it right again. You said it right. You've said it right every time. 
<laughs> I'm just so worried. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be right. Um. Anyways, uh, uh, they said I enjoyed Totally Spies probably more than I should have. The gadgets were super cool. Um, another Totally Spies response there. Uh, the only thing, I, the only thing I remember, I rem- well, I remember a lot of vague details about Totally Spies. I watched it a lot, but. Not usually because it's what I wanted to watch. I usually watched it because I had nothing else to do and all I wanted to do was watch cartoons indiscriminately. Uh, I do remember one episode, though, where, like, they create a laser by shooting, like, a laser into a mirror and then putting another mirror up to it so that the light keeps reflecting off of both mirrors forever. And I'm like, that's not how that works. (laughs) The IRL life hacked it. <laughs> oh, 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 God. Uh, that's, uh, I looked this up and I was like, I remember one of the distinct memories I had about why I didn't watch it as well was it was probably less that it was girly, but also because it had like the mouth movements of an anime. And I was really outside of that. Yeah. But it's yeah. not an anime. It's clearly not. It's, uh, it's one of those. It's, it's one of those faux animes that came out around it's the, a, uh, it's a late, it's a 90s, French anime. Early, yeah. It's a French anime. Like, literally, it's yeah. a French-Canadian animated production. So, uh, so that's what that is about. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm probably would, I probably would like this me now with my maturity level at my point right now. I probably, at least, I probably would at least think it's fun. Mm. Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm, I was in a bad place at that time. <laughs> I think a lot of people were at that age. So... So yes, thank you very much. Thank you everyone for your responses. It's very much appreciated. Yes. So, so we're going to answer the prompts now. So let's see who wants to go first. I'll go first. Okay. Um, my answer is Daria. So. Daria was almost literally uh, pitched as the, the a character from Beavis and Butthead, uh, and like basically decided to make a Beavis and Butthead for girls, or you know, like an adult kids cartoon for girls. Basically. Really? Um, I mean, kind of, sort of, because Daria is from Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, like, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's like I, I wasn't around for the marketing for that. So, like, as someone I mean, as someone in a contemporary society who discovered that show modern day, I, I find it very... I almost find it hard to believe that it was marketed mostly towards uh, towards girls, but it probably well, was. That's kind of how it was back then. It was that back then, and it really was a show with teenage girls in mind, and specifically the smart bookish type that felt they were better than every, like all like the jocks and stuff like that. And that's what that show was a hundred percent catering to is the demographic of people who really felt lost and like without any sort of representation uh, out there. Uh, But the show covers like a lot of topic for women when it comes to like, you know, how do people perceive you with like, uh, like, uh, like there's a whole thing where she has to like, she realizes that she likes what she looks like without glasses, but she feels really 
like she feels really bad about that because she feels like she's being incredibly vain about that uh, and is no better than her sister who is basically just a walking talking fashion line basically uh there's uh oh god there's so many topics but i mean it's not all topics about women issues obviously like they talk about everything from uh how capitalism is getting into the uh school place uh how it's like 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 basically uh temp jobs basically suck ass uh how people like how much the school systems will completely uh ignore entire segments of their school body specifically to prop up their sports teams because that's how they could get a lot of funding for things basically um like it's 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 not it's a show that like i desperately needed in high school and it really is one of my favorite shows of all time. And there are episodes that uh, kind of changed my life <laughs> in a way. I don't know. That sounds really dramatic. And <laughs> maybe it is. No, nah, you can say but, that. That's fine. But it's it's there's a lot. There's, it's a very good show. If you haven't seen Daria before, I say it still holds up. And a lot of the stuff that's said in that is still true. Uh, which is why I'm super happy that they are actually making a new series of Daria, but instead of uh, it being uh, starring Daria this time, it actually stars uh, uh, one of Daria's friends. What's her name? Uh, oh my god, I feel so dumb not really knowing this name. Uh, Jody. Uh, Jody, who is the, uh, the one black girl in Lawndale. And so it's going to be starring her. Uh, oh, and I, I, I thought when we last talked, it was going to be a remake of Daria starring her, but they would give her this Joey character more of a spotlight. Have they switched it to straight up being about Joey? Uh, it's yeah, it's called Jody now, and huh. yeah, it seems like uh uh, and that is the that's the uh, yeah, it's basically starring her and Daria is going to be like kind of like a friend character on the side, basically. So yes. Interesting. Yeah. Have they kind given like, more? Uh, have they what? given like more details on that front? Like, is it going to be set in the '90s still, or is it modern day? Or, um, I don't know time period wise. Uh. Oh. Oh. Okay. Actually, uh, it actually stars her, and it follows her, uh, as she comes into her own her own and enters the workplace in her first post college job in tech. Yeah. Uh, and she. She's going to be played by Tracy Ellis Ross, who is from Blackish. Neat. Yes. So, yeah, it sounds fascinating, and I'm actually really looking forward to it. I want to see what this show's going to look like. Um, so. All right. So now, uh, so, Sick Dog, um, uh, where, what is your answer? She's the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I actually distinctly remember. Uh, in the horribly dystopian uh, childhood climate that I grew up in, uh, feeling like uh, I wasn't supposed to watch the Powerpuff Girls. Because it was for girls and because my little sister liked it. Um, 
and uh, and well, your I still like good it. taste. Yeah, she does, and uh, and I uh, and I, I remember like like watching it and enjoying it, but just not ever telling anyone about it <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I was like, you know, like I had an ego about that. Uh, uh, which, that was me and Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, which like like as an adult, as an adult, I now realize like uh, like how uh, childish and stupid that perspective was. But uh, but I did enjoy uh, you know basically all that I saw of that show when I was growing up. Uh, I haven't watched any of the reboot. I heard that it sucks ass, but uh, oh, it does. Yeah, but the original. I do. Yeah, the original. Uh, I I happened to enjoy a lot, and uh, that that was a Craig McCracken show, right? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, like he uh, he's one of the uh, I think he was one of the artists that uh, like he was one of the animation uh, personalities that got me interested in the idea of drawing cartoons, which is what I wanted to do for a living when I was uh, just starting to become a teenager. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was more influential than, uh, you know, than I I might have thought it was when I was a child. Um, I haven't watched it recently, so I guess I don't know how well it holds up. But I do really I do really like it, uh, and I did you really know, like it. Weirdly enough, for me, Powerpuff Girls was never a girl cartoon. Um. Yeah, and uh, I was almost uh, I was a little reluctant. Like I I had a I had a I I had another one that I was considering, but I didn't go with it. You know what? It counts. I'd I'd say that it counts. Yeah. Cons- considering the context behind like your explanation of it, I think it would count. Yeah. Well, I mean, think of it like this. Power of Girls toys would probably sold in the girls aisle. Yeah, and I think that's that's that's, exactly, a point. that's exactly kind of what, because like like as an adult, people like, well, obviously, people in my circles don't talk about anything in uh, in that same gendered perspective anymore. Uh, but obviously, that's due to a lot of reasons. Uh, but but I don't really hear people talking about Powerpuff Girls. Like I don't really hear adults anywhere talking about Powerpuff Girls in a gendered context, really. Uh, you know, no, like like for no. the most part, people just remember it being a good cartoon. Uh, but when I was growing up, I felt very strongly that it was, uh, you know, a cartoon for girls. And I never thought it was a bad cartoon, just that it's for girls, and I wasn't supposed to watch it in virtue of that, which is obviously silly. Uh, yeah, yeah. But there was a lot about myself I didn't know yet <laughs> at that point, so. That's uh, fair. So yeah, <laughs> completely fair. That was mine. Okay. So I cannot sing, but I'm gonna try to sing this regardless. I'm sorry, podcast uh, podcast listeners, oh, no. if this <laughs> fucking sucks. Taking out my earbuds right now. <clears throat> so fighting evil by moonlight, winning love by daylight. Never running from a real fight. I used to watch some Sailor Moon. I mean, a lot of people who are into anime watch Sailor Moon, regardless of gender. <laughs> Even though, yes, it is a show that it was is, it is, to women. 
Yeah, most definitely. Uh, this one, this one has some, it has some nostalgia flavor to me. Because, like, like, so, it was, like, grade school, and when I was in grade school, and really throughout most of school, I had to get up, like, really, really super early, like, like, six in the morning early to get ready to go to school, and, like, my mom would turn on something in, like, on, like, a little TV in the, uh, in the bathroom to keep me, like, uh, just to have something playing in the background, you know? And sometimes it was, like, the Monster Rancher cartoon that they used to have on UPN. Sometimes it was something else. And most times it was actually Sailor Moon. So I had this, uh, this playing occasionally in the background. And I sort of followed the plot. It was, I enjoyed it a lot. It was enjoyable. This was like, this is like the one anime that I had nostalgia feelings for. Yeah, see, this is one, Sailor Moon is an example of something I haven't seen a single episode of, actually. Uh, it's just sort of been an ambient thing that's kind of happened around me without much of my knowledge, so. That's fair. Yeah, that's actually completely how I would describe, well, how I would describe, uh, Sailor Moon as well. Moom? Sailor Moomin? Sailor Moomin. Um, <laughs> oh, that's that's <laughs> a that's a T Fury shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah, it's uh it's it's a show that like I probably would enjoy, honestly. I just haven't watched it. Uh mainly just because uh I, I just didn't like anime. I just didn't like anime. <laughs> I was a cruel, terrible boy, and I did not like anime. Uh, I used to think Tuxedo Mask design was pretty neat, so. Yes, that is a good design. Honestly, all the designs are really good, honestly. Hell yeah. Also, the original manga has a lot more uh, LGBTQ themes going on, so. Yeah, they took that uh, shit out for the uh, American release, which sucks, but... There are characters that are. You could probably cut this if I'm wrong, uh, but I, I believe there's a. Well, for one, there are like canonical relationships between some of the girls, uh, but then like also one of the sailor scouts is actually when they're like before the transformation is actually a dude. Yep that uh, that is in one of the series. Yeah, and that he turns into a sailor scout, like just the into into a woman. There you go, which yep. is what his true form is, basically. So there you go. <laughs> yep, yep. The, the funny thing about the uh, LGBT relationship that you're talking about in the uh, in the manga, which, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, is between two of the Sailor Scouts in the first version of the show. When they, when they ported that over to America, they were suddenly cousins. That's why they <laughs> were so close. They're cousins. <laughs> what is it with... Okay, what is it with, like, media, or just in general, that, like, cousins is, like, close? I've never been close to a cousin. Ever. <laughs> like, I've been, like, okay with cousins. I've had good relationships. I have, I have, I like my cousins. I do. I'm not super close with them. Yeah. I could, like, I went to one of their weddings, and that's, like, the most intimate I've ever been with my cousins. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's like something. Maybe people had better relationships with their cousins back in the day, and that's what it comes from. Maybe I've I've got a handful of cousins that I am okay being around. 
<laughs> when you're homophobic, you gotta make weird choices to support your bigotry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, with that, that is uh, all the answers to the prompts. Uh, so uh, I know that KC has a prompt idea. Yeah, I had a prompt was idea that, that I yeah that I I thought would be a good one that I wanted to maybe uh, let you guys decide if you agreed with that. Uh, okay. So my prompt idea was. If you were the kid in Toy Story, which of your toys would be the protagonist? Oh. That's real oh good. That's good. Do you mean, That's real so good. That, okay, okay, okay. Real quick. Do you mean from the selection of toys that are in Andy's room? No, I mean I mean your, your actual stuff. Your toys growing up, which which toy was analogous to Woody or Buzz like in your life? <sighs> That would have been oh, that would no. have been the protagonist of your personal Toy Story. Can oh I, uh, no, that's that's really good. Can I make an addendum to that? Uh, sure, sure. I say we divide it. So you have kid protagonist and now adult protagonist. If you still got stuff, um, okay. I mean, yeah. If you answer, use use that if you would like creative creative liberties. However, you wish to answer this question. Feel free, but that is the question. Uh, Casey, this prompt kicks ass. Thank you. I thought of it as I was watching as I was watching Toy Story four. So, uh, so yeah, very inspired. Uh, it was worth seeing Woody getting eaten by the goblins. Oh no, spoilers! <laughs> Nilbog. Nilbog. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. It's toy spelled backwards. Um. It's amazing. It's it's amazing that they just adopt. They just adapted that entire film with the Toy Story cast. I know, including was, the including really the bold choice. Yeah, including the popcorn scene. <laughs> yeah, the part where <laughs> where Bo Peep seduces Woody with a bunch of popcorn, and then Woody's not seen with for the, the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, God. Oh, anyways. Uh, yes, thank you for listening to Toontown Public Works. Um, if you want to respond to the prompt uh, for next episode, which is, uh, which we explained, which is basically, uh, out of all the toys in your, uh, out of all the toys from your childhood, what would have been the protagonist of your toy story? You can respond to that prompt either through our tweets, uh, where you can reply to the, the prompt question as i put on there with the hashtag toontown prompt i will lose it if it's said and i also want to make a quick little note here i really don't want to read past answers to prompts uh through the twitter feed because that clutters it up and it's all twitter's already a hellscape that's hard to read as is um so if you want to respond to a previous prompt write us an email at toontownpublicworks at gmail.com that's ToontownPublicWorks at gmail.com. You can respond to the current prompt as well at that email as well if you have like a longer form answer to that. But yes, uh, let's see. What else do we talk about at these? End of Alex, We've only a key. Yes. Alex, a key. Alex, two are Y'all the real MVPs. I'm, d- I'm just gonna DJ Khaled you. Y'all the greatest. We the best. Air horns, air horns, air horns. Don't you dare put air horns. I will throw you out if you put it's happening now. Bicorn, no. it's happening. 
No. We'll do bicycle. Hey, Alex. Alex, Aki, thank you for the adding, and thank you for the air horns. (laughs) Bicycle horns. Um, Anyways. uh, (laughs) uh, uh, What else? What else, Uh, Casey? Uh, You can find us on our website, ToontownPublicWorks.com. You can read the show notes. Uh, and, uh, you can watch all of the cartoons that we watched today. Um, and, uh, leave a review for us on iTunes. Uh, that would really help us out. Uh, we recently got a very positive review from someone who enjoys our show, and that was very nice. I would have to pull up my email to find it. Um, but, uh... But yeah, it's uh, that's one of the things that uh, that iTunes uses to help recommend uh, podcasts to people is uh, is the uh, responses people uh, people have to the show. Um, yeah, yeah, that's super nice. And then last is the Patreon. Yes, we we talked about it earlier in the show. We'd like to reiterate it again. It's super helpful for all of us when you guys support us, and we very much appreciate it when you do. So, yeah, thank you for taking a look at it when you get the chance. Thank you for supporting it, if you are. And, I guess, just thank you for listening in general. It's really cool to be able to, like, get feedback from you all and talk to you through your pumps and stuff. Thank you so very much. I'm sorry, I'm just bad at mushy words. So, I, I but I feel the exact same way completely and utterly. So, thank you. Thank you so very much. Uh, so with that, uh, I am Case. Whoa, mm. I almost said I was um, Casey the dog. You almost, oh, no. you almost what the- TF'd into Casey the dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm a raccoon. Uh oh, I'm Cirque the cat. Who am I? Oh no! <laughs> you're no one. You're a, you're an amorphous blob. I've seen those pictures. <laughs> okay, I'm HC the raccoon. I'm KC the dog. I'm Sir the cat. And this has been Toontown Topic Works. And these cartoons, they've been archived. That was very sultrally to say that ending. I I'm not sure of my own identity anymore. Oh gosh. Good night, everyone. <laughs>